thanks to the sponsor of today's episode, Hatch. You guys know I invest with Hatch and something I've mentioned before is Hatch Weekly, the newsletter sent straight to my inbox. I don't often keep a close eye on investing news, so this really does help me to improve my general knowledge. Honestly, so many interesting things are happening this week, but one catching my eye is cryptocurrency marketplace, Coinbase going public, and now available to invest in on Hatch. Having such interest and no real commitment into cryptocurrencies myself, I feel like investing in a marketplace might be a better option. Although I like to take my time when investing rather than following excitement so I'm going to add this to my hatch watch list. The even more exciting part for us fund lovers is that it might mean a crypto ETF or exchange traded fund is on the way. Diversifying this way seems like a better option for me personally although that won't be stopping me from watching the movements of Coinbase over the next little while. If you want to get started investing with Hatch there's a link in my bio to sign up where you can grab an extra $20 NZD top up when you make your first deposit of $100 NZD or more. How good? Thanks so much Hatch for supporting the podcast. Let's get on with the episode. Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of The One Up Project podcast. I am here with Sim and Sonia from Girls That Invest, um, one of my original inspos for financial literacy in New Zealand, so I feel honoured to have you guys both on today and yeah, just really happy to have you on to chat about some financial literacy stuff from the perspective of kind of just amateurs making our way through life really and you guys have such a great way of explaining everything on your podcast as well so yeah really excited to have you both here how are you today we are so good I just wanted to say thank you so much for having us on like we we were explaining this earlier um offline but me and Sonia have loved what you do and we've always just been like so happy to see other like Kiwis out there just trying to get the same message out yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's so kind. Um, and how are you, Sonia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sim just spoke for me, eh? Um, yeah, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'm actually excited um, to hear um, the banter between you two in real life instead of just on the podcast. <laughs> um, we get along, I swear. But um, yeah, I'm good. Um, and yeah, to echo what Sim said, thank you so much for having us. We're huge fans of this podcast as well. So as I said earlier, the honor is ours. Oh, so kind. Thank you for being here. Um, so today's episode, I wanted to sort of chat about, I guess, money mindset and some of the ideas that build up um, when it comes to how we were raised about money and parents having different opinions and etc etc because it seems to be something that can be quite separate between families and then will always end up having an impact on how you act as an an adult and then sometimes you'll learn that maybe you don't agree with those habits or whatever so um so maybe do you want to explain first your sort of money mindset um when you were brought up and what that conversation was like um throughout your upbringing yeah sure so um, kind of thinking back to my childhood, I had a pretty good upbringing in the sense that my parents were kind of different to each other. So one was very like frugal and believed in like saving a lot of money. And the other was like, you know, you should be able to enjoy your money and spend it and do what you want with it. And I think having two opposites allowed me to 
appreciate the pros and cons of both. And I guess I'm kind of in the middle as a result. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then Sonia, what would you say your money mindset upbringing was like? I don't know if this sounds bad, but I don't think I particularly thought about money um, Mm. too deeply because it's not something that we spoke about as a family. Um, and I guess that says a lot in itself. Um, all I knew is that we were looked after and, you know, my parents did everything to make sure that me and my brother were comfortable, but in terms of like financial literacy and money, we didn't really speak about it at all. So it's kind of oblivious to most things, to be honest with you. Now that you mentioned that, Sonia, I feel like it was actually quite similar. Like my parents never actually spoke to us about money, but just from like observing what they did, that's kind of how I got my views. But it would have been nice to have those chats. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like Sonia, did you feel like you noticed as you were growing up, I guess the all the habits that your parents had in terms of whether or not they were frugal people or like the kind that sort of had the opinion that money flows in and out freely or would you say you notice those sorts of things or you sort of just developed your own money habits separately to that? Yeah, I think I actually developed my own money habits separately to that only because my parents were kind of in between. Like we weren't too frugal and then we weren't like – like I didn't get everything that I wanted under the sun either but – I think having an older brother that is like nine years older than me, the things that I learned about money um, was from him because he kind of took it on for himself to learn more about money and investing and like financial literacy and he kind of passed that knowledge on to me. I think naturally I'm kind of an impulsive person so my my habits with money were also impulsive, which we kind of spoke a little bit about in my low buy in the low buy episode. But mm. um, yeah, what about you? What was your money mindset growing up? Yeah, I think mine was pretty interesting because now doing a podcast about financial literacy and that kind of thing, you might think that I had parents that educated me quite well on money or you know, maybe they were quite money conscious, but Mm -hmm. not really. I mean, both of my parents, I would say are shopaholics. They love spending money. (laughs) They love going like when we went on family holidays, the attitude was always, you don't go on holiday to save money. Like my dad has always said that. um, And I think he will continue to say that till the day he dies. Um, He will go on holiday and just spend every cent he brought to spend on that holiday. I remember we were in Hawaii (laughs) one year and we would literally go, we would have dinner and then we went shopping after dinner because the shops were open till like midnight. And um, there was this shop called Ross's and they would sell like um, kind of designer stuff for real cheap. And we would all just be in there for hours spending money. And that was always just the attitude he had on holiday and then also not on holiday like they still will now sometimes not all the time but often go to like the mall or something and will come back with you know new clothes and stuff just because they love that satisfaction of getting I don't know buying something for themselves and they have never really liked or they've always had a thing against people who are super I guess like what they would describe as tight or cheap um or stingy 
and they think that life is for living and life is for spending money and they've luckily done well enough for themselves where that has been an option for them mm-hmm. luckily because honestly I don't know what they would what would be their happiness <laughs> if they didn't have that option um but yeah so that's sort of how I grew up very much like money comes and goes um and yes you need it because it's a resource but um it's also there to be spent and there to be used to have a good life um which I I'm glad I think I was brought up with those kind of views in a way because then I don't put too much pressure on myself around money and it's not Mm. something that necessarily stresses me out like it would to other people but um Mm. in the same way you know I've also had to you know get over my shopping addiction too so I guess there's (sighs) pros and cons to that um but yeah like when are you guys quite big shoppers yourselves or more savers oh man I'm a shopper (laughs) I love the idea of like waiting for a package I love the idea of like retail therapy um and not even that honestly just like food and Mm. drinks like you know there are a lot of memes about iced coffee and I really don't want to be that basic girl but (laughs) I you know, would it would literally make my entire morning getting a coffee in the morning, um, and things like oh that. God, you know, that, just spe- that <laughs> actually is you, Sonia. Like every <laughs> time, like we went to Wellington just recently, and there was the Starbucks, and I hadn't had Starbucks in like a good year or two, and we went there like seven times in like four days. <laughs> oh okay, look, I understand that if someone's listening to this like Starbucks doesn't have like the best coffee but it was also New Year's and like nothing was open so we were limited um Mm. in where we could go and Starbucks is so expensive but it it is what it is you know we're on holiday (laughs) Sarah's dad would agree I was gonna say say, I'm kind of like your dad like day to day I don't like spending money but when I'm on holiday it's kind of like you know I'm here to relax I'm not here to stress and I'll give myself mm. a certain amount and that's to blow yeah 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 that's how I sort of approach things like that too holidays um or even you know if I've saved for like a night out or a concert or there's some sort of event I'm like I've got this money like if I was ever to go to the casino which I absolutely hate the casino that is one place that just stresses me out because mm. I feel like it, I yeah. I genuinely feel like I'm just wasting money, but then I'll happily like put money into the share market. That's kind of a gamble and be like, oh, well, but <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, if I go to the casino, it would stress me out, but that would be the kind of place I'd have to go with a certain amount of money and be like, okay, this is what I'm spending. And it's okay if I spend that amount of money. I've never been to the casino before. I'd imagine it would stress me out as well. It kind of makes me feel sad sad why like maybe I've just not been well I've been to one in Melbourne like just to like walk through it to to get to the other side but you just see Mm. people judge the other patrons instead of minding no No. not like I just feel like I look at the people that just look like they've been there for an hour or like a few hours Mm. and they're like on the slot machines the what's the one that Yes, like the um, yeah, I, the slot machines, yeah, yeah, the pokies, yeah. the pokies, and you just see people, and it just you've it comes across like 
they're there because they really like it doesn't look enjoyable it just looks like they're just doing it again and again and again and they've been there for hours mm. and, i don't know it doesn't give that's me a good thing vibe. though yeah but it's like how is that enjoyable pressing a button i just don't get again like my dad loves it like he loves the casino the only two times i've been there or three times is with other people who are spending their money like i don't <laughs> spend money there because i don't know it's just so funny i it's just one of those places where I'm like, no, I just can't deal with risking all my money on something on like one thing. I was just going to say also adding to your spending um, chats that I've listened to on girls at investors, just wanted to add to the retinol debate and say that I agree you need retinol. (laughs) Oh my God. Am I already getting triggered? (laughs) I feel like we've brought it up so many times like we've had people dm us and like give their opinion and someone was like you should check out like this youtube video like she explains the debate (laughs) like well full-on educational resources I believe I have to defend myself on another platform (laughs) I feel like I've done it on instagram I've done it on our podcast and now someone else's podcast yeah um it's it's a great feeling honestly um (laughs) (laughs) look I understand the importance of retinol I just have dry flaky skin so it wasn't a priority at the time as I mentioned um but I believe in it I believe that it exists I believe that it does good things for you I even bought a moisturizer with retinol in it, so mm, okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> We're glad that you've come to your senses. I'm kidding. Yeah, to sound For like content. I'm having a tantrum, but here. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's so funny. I literally love it. Like for context, for those listening, if you don't listen to girls that invest, something they um, have spoken about is whether or not is it whether or not you need retinol before you're thirty. Yeah. Yes. Before you're like twenties. Yeah. Yes. So it's that's been an ongoing anymore. chat. It's just <laughs> Sim likes to bring up when I'm wrong, like literally all the oh, time. Oh come so. on. <laughs> we we do love each other. Just to put it out there, it's just this is what happens when you're friends with someone for almost twenty years. You're just bickering <laughs> sisters at this point. Something I did want to talk to you guys about was because you both have an interest in investing, and I was listening to your latest episode around. Um, investing which what was it on you guys were talking about what you're going to be watching this year um, which I found really interesting um, and you guys from my point of view are so well educated but in a really like you explain it really well as well if that makes sense so how did you get into investing originally it was it always an interest of yours did someone introduce you to it or did you just like naturally think it would be a good way to save or how did you um, get into it maybe Sim, do you want to start us off there? <laughs> yeah, sure. So I remember like the first time I ever was introduced to investing was in uni when someone was bringing it up. And at the time, like before they even gave me a chance to understand or hear it out, I was like, oh no, that's not for me. Like that's just beyond my ability to understand. And I dropped it so fast with like no good reason almost. Mm. And I think I think back to that now and I was like what was it about it that just made me shut down the conversation so quickly and so it took a while after that before I actually allowed myself to learn about it if that makes sense like I was like okay no like it can't be that hard 
just give it a go. Mm. And so I'd start reading books. I started watching YouTube videos, reading articles. And so I sort of taught myself um, about investing as much as I could. And I did a few courses. Um, And then when I realized how simple it was, I was like, no, this is so dumb. Like you could teach a five-year-old what the stock market is. Why did I feel like I couldn't have, you know, learned it myself earlier? Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. I think it often is built up to be this huge complicated thing, but that's just, it, it's like uh, the hard outer shell to investing, which is actually quite, um, it's a quite a easy topic to break down when you just actually find out some of the jargon and see how it works. Um, even some of the ways you guys are explaining how it works in some of your earlier episodes, I can't remember, but just the transaction between, you know, buying a share and that being your part in that company or that fund or whatever it is, it's such an easy concept. But when you hear someone say, oh, I've got 30 shares in Apple or whatever, you're thinking to the average person, what does that even mean? Um, and so what about you, Sonia? How did you get into investing? Um, I had kind of a similar experience to Sam actually. Um, there was a guy at work that was really into investing and whenever he'd try to explain it to me or whenever I'd had questions about it, the way that he explained it, it was just so intimidating that I mm. was also kind of put off it. Um, it's kind of a shame to think back that the main reason I didn't get into it was because I thought that I wasn't smart enough to wrap my head around it. But and it was only... Um, last year or like a year and a half ago now where Sim brought it up actually um, and we kind of got talking about investing that I looked into it further and I ended up doing like a, a mini 10-day course on Hatch that kind of put everything mm. into perspective and gave me a lot of context and yeah to echo what Sim said it is so easy to wrap your head around it but it's a shame that most of the information that's presented about investing is just done in such a confusing and intimidating way. Um, but yeah, I, I think I've said this before as well. There is so much information and like resources out there to get started on understanding what the stock market is and what investing is. It just depends on how you want to learn or how you best learn. Like if you, um, if you learn best by video, there's tons of YouTube videos on it. There's tons of articles and courses on it if you prefer doing. And I did it with a friend, so that made it easier to learn as well. Yeah, for me, I didn't even start investing until March last year, which I'm sure is probably the case for a lot of people um, who got into investing once COVID hit. And I, I wanted to invest since I was really young. I always remember saying to my parents, can you buy me shares for Christmas? And they were always like, what are you on about you free child? But um, <laughs> I think they didn't even know really how to get into it either. And I always thought it was this huge thing that like you had to go through a massive financial institution and mm. set up a whole, mm. you know, you had to do paperwork and documents and it was all this big overseas thing. But now when you have Sharesies and Hatch and Invest Now um, and Kernel and all those sort of platforms, you can literally do it within two seconds from your computer, um, which I think is another common misconception. And so for you guys on investing, how do you prioritize 
this into your like budget um and would you say it's a big priority for you when it comes to saving um so with me I had my savings goal that I reached and then I started investing so for me it was more of a peace of mind that I had the security blanket and I still put a certain amount in my savings but this year um especially and from March last year as well I have prioritized heavily setting up an auto invest to um those micro investing platforms that you mentioned so for me in terms of my financial plan for the next year it's definitely one of the biggest priorities and like my biggest chunk of money goes into investing at the moment yeah cool and Sam what what about you um, it's sort of changed recently. So when I first started, I was putting a lot, if not all of my savings into investing. So I have been well, in the last couple of years trying to live as frugally as I can. And so I've been able to save like a decent chunk of money, like 60 to 70%. And all of that would just go into my investing portfolio. But then recently my um, priorities have shifted and I've been saving up for a house deposit so of course um, you don't want that to be in the stock market because it goes up and down so much so it's just been in cash um, and I've just bought a house which is quite exciting so now I can get back to oh, investing congratulations. thank you I bought it yesterday so it's it's really really new oh my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh congratulations I feel like I was just listening to you talk about how you were messaging people and they were telling you to calm down and now you've got one so you shouldn't have calmed down that's awesome yeah I feel like the last few episodes of our podcast have just been like so you've been like hey how's your week been and I've been like I've cried because I lost another house <laughs> <laughs> but um so to, to answer your question Recently, I have not been investing a very large chunk because I just don't trust that my money will stay the way I want it to because it could go up and down so much. And it really did. I mean, in the last couple of days, Mm. there's been that massive tech sellout and I would have lost, Mm. I feel like, a lot of my deposit if I had left it in there. So I'm glad I didn't. Mm. But now that that goal has been reached, I'd love to up that amount. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's amazing. Congratulations. Um, And why would you guys say that you invest? Is there a particular reason? Because I think a lot of people get into investing now and it's like the whole Tesla or cryptocurrency conversation. There's a lot of hype around it and people want to just get in on, in on it because everyone else is. But I think it's good to have a reason as to why you want to invest ultimately. So Sonia, if you want to start, what would you say is your reason that you invest? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, with me, I think it's one of the most, I guess, important ways to build your wealth and to kind of think about your future self. Because for me, with investing, like I don't plan on using those um or like pulling out from my investments anytime soon so I'm really Mm. buying and holding um as great Warren Buffett says um (laughs) so it wouldn't be an investing episode if we don't mention the godfather (laughs) investing right Um, (laughs) but yeah and that's probably one of the main reasons in terms of like compound interest and stuff, because with like inflation, your money in a savings account isn't going to do as much as it would if you're like investing. That makes sense. So 
And Sam, what would what would you say your big purpose behind investing is? Not that you need a big purpose, but just building it up for the people. I just want to be a finance bro, you know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's so a sorry, good question. <laughs> it's a good question. And I feel like when I started investing, I heard like a really good piece of advice, which I like hold dearly with me. And it's that you want to set out your reason for investing quite early on because otherwise it's just money sitting somewhere that you could go on holiday with mm. or like pull out to buy like a nice phone with so you want to keep it there because you're like no that's not for like current sim that's for sim for like this goal in this many years um, and it just stops you from put you know pulling out that cash for me I guess it's just I mean as cheesy as it sounds financial freedom and having the ability to one day choose if I, you know, want to stay in a role or not or, you know, continue to be in a certain place or not and having the ability to not rely on an income that comes from giving my time, I think that's kind of my end goal. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think that's very similar um, to me as well and I, I think it is important to kind of nail down why and then also have that long-term mindset when going into investing because it's definitely not like a quick win strategy um in terms of making money that's for sure and then coming back to I guess our upbringing with money um is there anything that you feel that you were that you were raised to believe that is true about money that you now know is not true and it could be around investing or just general money habits yeah, I think in my family, we were very risk adverse as a family. So we, you know, the money was not invested. If my parents made a certain amount, it would stay in the bank account or it would go towards the house. And I think to a degree, it's good to have that kind of upbringing because whatever comes in, you know, you keep it. You don't want to try to buy investments or try to buy you know things here and there that would make income for example rentals and stuff and I remember my mum would like speak to my dad and be like you know everyone around us is buying all these rental properties like we should get into that too and for my family it just wasn't in their personality to do those things which is totally okay because you want to be aligned with what you are comfortable with but I think that made me do the opposite because as a result I didn't feel like being super safe was the best option at least in my opinion so I kind of learned that it's okay to take a bit of risk and have a bit of a mortgage over your head or a bit of debt over your head whereas growing up like the idea of like what like you know owing x amount here or x amount there to make more money in the long run like that was just something I didn't understand or believe in. Yeah, I think that's such an important lesson to learn around debt as well because it can be something that so many people are afraid of and like not quite sure how to a- approach that, um, especially when it comes to things like mortgages, uh, etc. And Sonia, what would you say? Is there anything that you were raised to believe that was true that you now know isn't? So that, that is such a good point, Simran, and we've actually like done an episode on good debt versus bad debt as well because I think we've all had to, well, I think certainly for me, I've had to unlearn what like good debt is um, or like bad mm. debt is because um, I didn't know there was such a thing as good debt, which is why I like race to pay off my student loan as fast as possible. And for those of you who aren't in New Zealand, like it's completely 
interest-free and I could have used that money to maybe grow my wealth in terms of investing rather than making those manual Mm. payments. But, you know, here we are. Um, It's been done. Um, In terms of what I was raised to believe that was true and isn't, honestly, I would say probably the traditional way that people make money. Like I think our parents were raised in a way um, where like degree, good job, and you stay in the job for ages. um, And then that's how you make and grow your money. Whereas like now there's so many streams of income that we need um, to really look for financial like freedom for us and our generation. So I think just that traditional, just one stream of income isn't always like the best way to go especially now I think it's a good idea to have multiple which is what investing does I could not agree with that more and even just um I I guess the yeah like you were saying the way that you can make income and even the careers you can go down like just doing the nine to five isn't the only way to make money now and you can really monetize so many things and I really also liked your episode that you guys did on um side hustles and just the different things you can do Mm. to make money um it's really important to highlight those things because so many people wouldn't be aware of those sort of opportunities as well when it comes to I guess going forward in your life and when you have kids and have a family what will you make sure that you teach your kids about financial literacy I feel like when it comes to like having kids and stuff, everyone wants to do like things that their parents didn't do. Like, oh, they didn't do that. So I'm going to make sure I do. Um, So I think for me, it would just be one, talking about money and talking about finances. Like until I moved out of home, I didn't know how, and this sounds very precious, but I didn't know, you know, how much it costs to pay for electricity or how much a water bill would be. Mm. Or, I mean, I understood like groceries and things, but I think just I don't think there's any harm in telling your kids, hey, this is how much this costs and it shouldn't have to make them feel bad about it, but just so they understand. I think that would probably be something that I would really want to do and just understanding, yeah, the things that I didn't get. So basic financial literacy, understanding the difference of good debt and bad debt and, you know, once they're young, they've got that ability to grow a lot of compound interest so I think that would be something I would get onto ASAP like Sonia your kid's gonna be like born and I'll make them a hatch kids investing account (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to it but also I'd say the same to be honest just talking about money is something that I would do um and from a young age because I feel like when you shy away from topics and make them taboo um like it doesn't, it doesn't um, breed anything for curiosity. And I guess later on in life, because I mean, even schools and uni don't do, in my opinion, a great job of like personal finance and financial literacy and investing. So where else are we going to get that? And by the time, like, I guess, you know, I'm only 24, so I ha- it's not like I'm late to the game and I don't like that term anyway, because I mean, it's not your fault when you discover things or when you find things, but like if I can introduce my kids to these things a lot earlier, I feel like they'll be way better off, you know? Yeah, I think that's a really good point as well. And I think that's 
exactly how I feel around bringing up money conversations. If you don't talk about it, it then becomes taboo. And just the things like, like you're saying, Sim, you know, what, how much does the electricity bill actually cost? Because that is something you would just never know until it comes to paying for that yourself. And that is just the facts. Like no one's going to tell you randomly what their electricity bill is out of nowhere. So yeah. if your parents don't <laughs> talk about it, you know, you'll never know, um, which I think is a really good point. And so, Sonia, maybe you want to start us off on this last question, but how are you approaching your money situation going forward from now? Like how would you describe your money mindset? Are you all about balance? Are you at this time trying to save more than you are spend? What would you say it looks like at the moment? Mm. I've really tried to include like taking care of my money and financial planning as a part of my, my self-care routine at this point. And it provides me a lot Ooh, of security. You know, just dropping in a gym here and there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just think that there's a really great sense of security for me, like sitting down every month or every quarter, just reviewing my plan. At this stage, I am saving a lot more than I'm spending. So my balance is, it isn't there because I'm just trying to save all my coins because um, of low buy. And that actually the reasons behind my low buy go a little bit more um, in depth rather than just trying to save money. But that's where I'm at right now. Um, I feel pretty safe and secure in terms of my plan for the next year and my priorities are still the same as it was last year. Maybe I should get some knowledge from Sam and get a house by the end of the year, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was going I was going to say that um ask which one of you was doing the low buy year. So Sonia, do you wanna explain a bit about like what a low buy year means? Because I've heard the episode but other people may not have yeah absolutely so um we're both kind of doing one I am doing I guess more a stricter one but a low buy year is essentially just cutting out all unnecessary spending and you allow yourself to pay for your bills and like I guess your living expenses but you're not um you're not shopping, you're not going out and buying things that you don't need um, and you set certain rules for yourself in terms of how much you're allowed to spend if you do go out, if you can go out um, to like restaurants and eating out and buying coffee and stuff. So you usually challenge yourself to a certain time period and it doesn't need to be a year. For me, I'm going um, on the extreme end and doing it for all of 2021 um, but you can do it for like a week or a month and it just allows you to reach your financial goals faster because you save more money. Good on you. That's so cool. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that episode too. I keep saying that about every episode, but obviously I just enjoy the podcast as a whole. <laughs> just, just, wanted, just wanted to say that's completely mutual. Like it is the same the other way around. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, Sim, for you, because you're obviously, yeah, doing your low buy year as well. And is that, like, how would you describe that in terms of your approach with money this year? Sonia has definitely done a better job than me in terms of sticking to her low buy year. I have maybe been a little bit less strict because I 
have just been doing a lot of house-related purchases recently. Like I just paid $700 for a valuation to be done and $500 for like this and like $1,000 for a lawyer. And a lot of money goes into a house than I Mm. thought. Well, even though, no, hey, I take that back. I knew it was going to be a lot, but it still hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't take the pain away. (laughs) It really doesn't. Um, I just, I just like before this episode transferred my bank deposit to the real estate agent's trust um, for the house or sorry, my home deposit. And it's, it's very heartbreaking seeing that much money go (laughs) when you've been saving it for so long. Um, Mm. But in terms of the rest of the year, I'll be honest, I'm not sure what I'm going to do because, you know, do you spend more on doing upper house? Do you save your money and invest it in the stocks? And, I feel like a lot of people ask, like, you know, do I double down on my mortgage or do I put money elsewhere or do I just save for a rainy day? And I think I'm just still trying to figure that out. I really don't have an answer, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's totally all good as well. Um, And especially when you're doing things like buying houses, uh, there's obviously going to be costs that come up and you've kind of got to deal with it as it comes along. But that's also just a really exciting part of your journey as well. Um, but thank you both so much for jumping on this episode with me. Congratulations on everything you've both achieved this year so far um, in your personal lives as well as with Girls That Invest. It's such a cool platform and I can't wait to listen to all the future episodes that come out. appreciate what you guys do and, again, thank you for your time. It means heaps. Oh, thank you for having us. Like Again, it's been so nice to just have this chat and really appreciate uh, you bringing us on. Disclaimer time. So... The OneUp Project is an educational platform providing information that is general in nature and has no intention of being financial advice. There may be opinions or an individual's experience within this resource that should not be considered as recommendations or personal advice. Everyone's financial situation is so different and you must use the information provided within the podcast at your own risk. Please complete your own due diligence before making any financial decisions based on the information within this resource. I'm not a qualified, registered or authorised financial advisor and if you require legal, financial or other expert advice, you should seek assistance from a professional advisor. Thanks guys. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, Be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project and I'll catch you on the next one. 